Welcome back to the Premier Chelts. This is Rahul, and I have Jackie here Hello, with guys. me. What's up, Jackie? Uh, we're back for another episode. Um, and if you haven't already heard our intro and our background to the Premier Chelts and Jackie and myself, go check it out. Um, it gives you a great insight into how we started supporting Chelsea, how we got uh, into the game of football, and some of our memories from being Chelsea fans for the past 20 years. So check it out. Uh, for today, we are going to be talking about the week that was in the Champions League, the Premier League, and just the overall life of being a Chelsea fan. So let's get started. So let's talk a little about the Champions League because that was the first game that came up this past week. Um, we'll start with Chelsea Rennes. Um, I think when we spoke about them last week, you asked me a little bit about Rennes, and I told you I don't know much about them. Uh, the statement's still true. I don't know much about them. Um, it was a good game to watch. The game finished uh, 3-0, Timo Werner scoring two penalties. Um, and, of course, the, the dreaded conversation I was not wanting to have uh, Tammy Abraham scores as well, so I need to eat a little bit of my shoe over here and accept that we have a player on our hands, as I've been told by many people. So, um, but overall, I think the game was was really, really in control. I don't think we were nervous at all for any part of the game. Um, one thing I do want to touch on, and then I'll let you have a little say about the game as well, was I thought it was a bit tough to see the Rennes defender get sent off with that second yellow card. I can understand the penalty to a certain degree. Um, and I know we always want to win, but it was a little tough to see him get sent off for that. Yes, it was It was harsh. Um, when I was watching it, they reviewed it. Obviously, I wanted us to get that, that penalty and, and, you know, get a chance to double our lead. Um, but it was harsh. And, and I, I feel for the player. I feel for the team. Um, but that's, I guess that's the nature of the game these days. And, and if referees review it and think there is a handball, which, you know, is the new rule that you can't, you can't play the ball with your hand or, or then that part of the body, then it is a penalty. So, so what do you think of, uh, Mr. Timo Warner? I know it is penalties, but I think he's, he's looking really sharp, especially in that game. Yes, he, he was very sharp. He scored some awesome penalties. Um, interesting to see that him and um, Jorginho have spoken and kind of he is now our uh, premier penalty taker. Um, and so far you can see why. Um, you know, he's been confident taking them and, and finishing them. Um, and that second one was was just perfect, you know. Um, he buried it. The first one was a little... You know, the, the goalie almost got to it, but that second one just kind of no doubts yep. for the goalie or, or, or even an opportunity. So it was great. And then if you think this Tammy Abraham goal in the Champions League <laughs> game, uh, you, you were dreading that. Just wait till we get to the Premier Before League we game. get to that. So three games in, <laughs> seven points, tied at the top of the table, uh, the Champions League group table, I mean, with Sevilla. A slightly better goal difference. Um, we should be getting out of this group, right? Yeah, I, I think we should. I think we should be getting out in the first spot. Um, Sevilla held on. I think they were they right. won 3-2 at home uh, to Krasnodar. 
So um, hopefully we go there to away to Sevilla and, and, and get the job done to, sol- to solidify our place. Uh, but before that, our next game in the Champions League is against Rennes um, in France. So we got to do the job there first before we can talk about it. But yeah, I think we should be moving out of this group. Um, and, you know, I just want to go back to the Tammy goal, not to <laughs> make you feel bad, but that cross from Reese James. Brilliant. Is perfect. Yeah, he's, I mean, we always knew he could put in a great ball, but um, getting someone to finish that was the problem last season. And, and he's been... Um, continuing that form, and it's great to see Tammy get uh, get at the end of it and, and get a so goal for So is Reese our first choice right back then over Aspie? You know, that's interesting. I, I thought Reese played in the Champions League, so Aspie would be back for the game over the weekend. But Reese started, Reese performed well, um, and it's tough to see how he doesn't keep playing. Um but I also think Aspie comes back when, if and when we change the shape for maybe a, a, right. a tougher game than we had this past week, the two games. Um, and in that case, you know, then Reese continues to play. He just plays a little further up on, on that right wing. So um, I think the future is bright. Either Aspie or, or Reese um, both put, put in great performances and can put in a good cross from that right Right, um, yep. right back position. So you said keeping the shape. So let's transition into the the Premier League because Frank Lampard did keep the shape uh, for the next game. Stuck with the four three three. We talked a little bit about it uh, on our first podcast with regards to the players he's got and everything. Um, we did have Kai Havertz out due to testing positive for COVID nineteen. He may be out for a, a week or two more. We may have him at, back after the international break. Um, when that happened, I thought he would change formation. He did stick with the four three three. I'm liking the formation. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm liking the formation. Uh, I think initially in that Sheffield game, we had a little bit of trouble just coping with them. Um, and the result of that was right. that first goal from Sheffield. But we didn't we didn't lose faith or lose heart. We didn't panic, which is something we would have done last year. Um, and so it was it was good to see that, you know, even after conceding and losing that record of not conceding for, I think it was 587 right. minutes or something like that, um, that the team just continue to do the right things and play the right way and, and get back into into the game and not lose the shape, which yep. was the 4-3-3. And, and Kovacic came in and, and did the job and put in that ball for Tammy for the first goal. So, um, no, I think that shape's working. It's got good balance, like you said, when we were talking over the weekend. Um, and, you know, Mount, Conte, Kovacic in this game kind of give us a good good um feel in that midfield area yeah so the game finished 4-1 um like you said Sheffield I think they started like a house on fire a quick ball over the top um and then David McGoldrick was able to put that into the net breaking uh, Mendy's clean sheet record or streak which was I think five in a row or something like that he's been very very solid overall um and you're right that first goal going in and I was a little nervous after that but then it was a quick comeback by the 23rd minute Tammy Abraham. And then I, I guess we could call Ben Chilwell a, a goal. I'm not sure if you call that a goal or not, but it, it hit him <laughs> and it went in. So again, um, taking opportunities going into one at the first half. And I was super excited to see 
Thiago Silva get another header. It's very helpful. I think we touched on this in the first podcast to have our defender scoring as well. So you got Ben Chilwell and Thiago Silva taking that pressure off the, the forward line. And then Timo Werner works and works and works, and he deserves his goal as well. And he's he's in good form right now. Yeah, it was not the start we wanted. Um, and I think it took us a little bit to adjust to Sheffield kind of playing right. the ball over the top. Not just for the, you know, for the initial first few minutes, but even after they had scored. Um, but like I said, that our team didn't let that affect, you know, our the way we wanted to play. Um, and Tammy gets the goal, gets us back into the game, and all of a sudden it's like Sheffield are, you know, doubting themselves a little bit just based on right. the results they've had. Um, and then Ziyech puts in that, that awesome ball for, for Chilwell to get on to the end of um, – just barely getting the end, to the end of it, but doing enough to get the goal. Um, and I think, like you, like we said, it's our defenders are contributing um, in in the goal scoring. And if I, I, this may just be a joke, but I think I saw somewhere that Chelsea defenders have scored I believe goals it. this season, um, which is more than Arsenal have as a team at home. <laughs> which is, I think, about nine. So that just goes to show you right. the output we're getting from our defenders. Um, and it was, it, again, Silva gets onto the end of a beautiful ball from, from Ziyech. Um, shades of when he scored again, with, when he was playing for Ajax from that corner, um, kind of puts in a beautiful ball and, and we, we go 3-1 up. Um, and at that point, you can see that Sheffield is just kind of out of the game that two, one, they had a little bit of hope three, one kind of kills it. And then, uh, Werner makes it four, one. And honestly, I, I didn't see this as a four, one game, but, um, it could have been more. So that's satisfying to say, because we've, this could have been a game last year that we could right. have lost one nil or, or even two, one after equalizing. So positive signs, positive, um, performances, goal scoring, um, I think you mentioned when we were talking about the Champions League game that we're top on goal difference. Uh, our goal difference in the Premier League is up there as well. I think yep. it's 10. Um, and in the top five, it matches Liverpool. Um, so we are seeing improvements in in the team and the performances and scoring goals. Um, and I can't really complain. I mean, the only complaint I would have is for the people that would that are saying Mount starting and Cho isn't starting. I mean, come on, we're winning games. Mount's putting in performances week after week, game after game. Um, just enjoy. Yeah, I get it. Mount's one of those players that we touched on him. Is he's the hardworking kind? So you're not always going to see his his finesse or the finesse you're looking for maybe from a winger who runs around the corner and, and does a beautiful cross. But the work effort he puts in there or the workload he brings to the team is something else. Um, but I didn't want to touch on what you've talked about, which is goal difference. It's looking tight at the top of the table. And I think with the season going on with less fans, the football seems to be tight. Uh, a lot more teams are going to be in and out of that top four position. Having that you know massive goal difference or positive goal difference, I should say, compared to last year, um, it's definitely going to be helpful, especially if you're getting close to the end of the season. You're you're in and out on points with somebody else who's fighting for the top four, top three. It's definitely going to be helpful there. Yeah, I mean, goal difference at the end of season almost, if it's positive and you've got a healthy goal difference, is, is an extra point right there. 
Um, so, I mean, we hadn't conceded in five games, but on the other side, we're the top scorers in the in the Premier League. Which, who? I mean, we knew we had the attacking players, but you know, didn't think that we would be performing this well so far. So, um, this international break kind of comes <laughs> at a bad time. For yeah, us. you know, I I agree with that. I think it takes away a little bit of the momentum. But I, you know, I, I get concerned. I saw Kovacic go off with a little bit of an injury. Um, we've got Kai out now. So I'm hoping the players that are feeling um, the little bit of niggles or injury and those are the ones that are not called up or not selected, hopefully get a, a little bit of breathing room as well. I did hear that Reese James is only going for one game uh, for international. I don't know if that's true or not, but that would give him a chance to go and come back and get a little bit of, of a rest on that front. Um, but for the game, you know, we like to talk about the best player or the man of the match. Who was your man of the match for that game? It's it's an easy one. Um, Ziyech again, you know, two assists and countless times played the ball into the box. Um, you know, found found Werner in one of the instances yeah. who hit the post. Um, on other instances, he was putting in the ball, and and Chilwell was just you know not getting to them. But he didn't stop trying, and he was rewarded with the two assists. And he's almost an additional. You know, if we play Kai Havertz in the midfield, he's a playmaker. But then we have Ziyech on the other side, on the wing, coming in right. and just whipping that ball in, which adds another aspect of, of having a playmaker. So, um, And that's exactly why we bought him. I mean, we saw what he'd done for Ajax in, in the two games that we played against them and, and even before the season before when they made that run to the, the Champions League semi-final. Um, so Ziyech kind of just hit the ground running and... I'm excited to see what, you know, what else he's going to do and bring to the team. Um, so for me, it's, I agree it's, with you. it's I once think again. his vision um, is, is that of like a Cesc Fabregas. We've missed, we've missed that since Cesc Fabregas. We thought Jorginho was going to do it. And he, he does do it in um, bits and pieces. You've seen his ball that he does over the top for Tammy Abraham. Um, but just seeing Ziyech having that ability on the left foot. And I do like the combination of Ziyech and um, a right on the right side with uh, either Reese or Aspilicueta going up and down because as a defender, you don't know if that ball is going to come from a right footer spinning it in or uh, Ziyech coming from a little deep and then doing a cross with his left foot. So it's definitely um, a weapon going forward. It's been really nice. But um, I do agree with you, I'm a man of the match, but I do want to say I think, and I think I said this before, um, N'Golo Kante playing in in the central defensive midfield or that deep holding position, I think makes a big, big, big difference. Now, I don't know if Frank Lampard's going to change that um, as and when the teams go, but just having him there, breaking up play, and, and you watch him with the energy of just stopping a ball or chasing down somebody and, and getting first the ball and flicking it away. Um, it's just it's something we've missed with the double pivot. I love the double pivot, double pivot. I think it's great to have two players there, but him having that sole responsibility of running back and forth and covering the back four. And you know, to be honest, Ben Chilwell plays really, really high for a left back. So having Conte understand that he needs to sit so that when Ben Chilwell is going up or when Reese James is going up and he fills that position, which he's done great, it's it's really, really refreshing to see. So I agree with you. Ziyech is the man of the match, but definitely a shout out for the man that we don't see his his potential and what he does for the game. Yeah, he's, I mean, Conte is Conte. He's just doesn't stop running, doesn't stop intercepting, doesn't stop tackling. 
Um, he could yeah. play like two games and not too. be tired. Um, yeah, which is, you know, knock on wood, the best thing that we've seen in the last four weeks um, is him and his fitness and just his, his match sharpness. Um, and, you know, that this international break, like I said, comes at a bad time in the sense that we've got momentum, we're gelling together, and now all these guys go away. Um, and in the recent year or so, we've just not had good luck with international breaks. These guys go away and pick up a knock or pick up, you know, an injury, and and then that kind of breaks our, our momentum. So I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, my toes crossed, um, and, and praying that these guys go away and, and come back yeah. without any major issues. Um, so yeah, it was, it's been, it's been a good few weeks and I, I look forward to what we can do yep, when we come sure. back. So that was kind of the roundup of that Chelsea game. You know, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, no major complaints like we've talked about. Um, you want to expand a little bit and talk about a couple of the other matches in and around us uh, for the weekend? Yeah. So we are the premier Chelsea. So, Let's talk about some of the other Premier League games. Um, and um, starting off with the big one that kicked off Saturday was Everton, Manchester United. Uh, Manchester United coming in under a lot of pressure, especially after that the last two defeats, one in, in the Premier League against Arsenal, and then they followed that up with a defeat in the Champions League. Um, our former player Dembaba scoring a similar goal to what he scored against Liverpool, um, kind of running in from the halfway halfway mark. Um, and so they lost that and they come into the Everton game and the pressure is all on on, on the team, on, on Ole Gunnar. Um, the rumors of Pochettino has been spoken to and if Manchester United don't win, then Pochettino in, Ole out. Um and they come in and obviously they concede that first goal, but then they just, you know, Bruno Fernandes just turns on the the masterclass mode and bails them out and, and puts in 11 out of 10 performance and, and you know, two goals and assist and, and they win that game 3-1. Um, and I think Ole's kind of safe now, which has been the case right. every time his job is on the line. Um, you see all these memes and, and stuff that, you know, every time Manchester United and, and Ole are, are under pressure, he turns into Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, so, yeah, that was that was their game. And that kind of got them got them through, at least for the next couple of weeks. Um, and then we saw City and Liverpool um, play a 1-1 draw. Um kind of tactically outplayed yep, each other. I would other. agree with that. That was a yes. very, very quiet game for the most part. Um, I was surprised to see a penalty given, first of all. And after the penalty was given, you know, the commentator said it best, one of the best right foots in the game, Kevin De Bruyne missing a, a penalty. Yeah, I think, I think I saw a stat that said that was the first penalty off of, off target in since wow. like 2018 in the Premier League, which is crazy. Um, and to think that it was De Bruyne who did that, you know, that you'd think it would, that that would that would not be true. But yeah, um, and that was a perfect opportunity for them to go two one up um, and kind of you know take that take that game take the lead in the game. 
Um, so yeah, they play out a one-one draw that kind of prevents Liverpool from going back on top of the table. Um, it's interesting though. I think Manchester City this season are are kind of a different outfit. Um, I don't I don't know how you see it, but that that you know that ruthlessness and that that aura of Manchester City and Pep and kind of just killing you with possession and and just out just scoring you know multiple goals in a game that's a good word missing. Um, ruthlessness i think they're they're missing that for sure and i don't know if they've got some injuries or they're missing aguero or pep's been there a few years and he's refreshed players not necessarily all across the pitch but more in the defense which isn't, which isn't where they have most of their uh possession anyway i wonder if the players have just become tired of it or 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 something else is going on i don't know but yeah that's that's a good point it's just you don't get that same fear when Manchester City is showing up. Liverpool still have that, I can see, even with all their injuries going on. Um, still not to keep the ball. They've made some good signings. Uh, Diego Jota, um, we have to talk about him for a few minutes because I think uh, initially when they signed him, I, I thought it was, okay, they signed a, a decent player, a backup, but he's looking like a, a really, really strong player for them uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, he's he's adding to that Mane Salah Firmino, um, you know, um, up front attacking option. And he's almost forcing Klopp to play him with those three guys right. like he did today. Um, now, obviously, he didn't get the goal, but, you know, Klopp's seen enough and, 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 and wants to give him that opportunity to solidify his spot in the first 11 versus being a squad player, which we thought he was going to be when he was first signed. Um so yeah, I mean, and for Liverpool to go to Manchester City without Van Dijk, um, Fabinho, and and get a one-one, I I think Klopp would have oh, yeah. taken that even before the game started. Um, so they're you know they're have injuries, but they're coping with them and 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 doing pretty well. So it's that and that's the strength of Liverpool and and the team itself. Yeah, I think the theme so far for the opening few games with you know the Man United and and Man City and Arsenal is. Um, a big inconsistency, and we'll talk about Arsenal in a minute, but it's just one week you're playing the best football of your life, and then the next week it's like, who's going to turn up? You don't know. Um, and to a certain degree, it was Chelsea at the beginning of the season because we were winning, and then we're losing, and then we're losing 3-0 and coming back 3-3. So I wonder if everybody's looking for that first strong starting eleven. Um, a lot of managers, not necessarily complain, but have stated they didn't get a full preseason which I can understand with teams that have signed a lot of players. You've got Chelsea that signed a lot of players. You've got Everton that signed a lot of players. But Man United and Manchester City and Liverpool have been pretty much the same strong eleven. What that means as time goes on, will they stabilize ship? It's to see. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a good point that you know the inconsistencies due to mainly the lack of preseason, but also now these. You know, these guys have been playing two games a week since the last international break, right. Premier League, Champions League, Europa League. Um, and that's all high intensity. I mean, you know, you, you need players to be at their fit, fittest level. You need uh, them to be mentally sharp. Um, and so, I mean, I think I've seen Pep complain the last week or so that he wants five substitutions back. Everyone else has it in Europe except for the Premier League. Um, and that that makes you wonder now. Obviously, Manchester City have the squad to to make five substitutions, but some of the other teams may also want that. 
you know, they haven't had the preseason. We're seeing Sheffield winless. We're seeing Burnley winless. And these are these are two teams last season that were doing pretty well. Um, so it really makes you wonder, you know, not having a preseason and just kind of coming into these high-intensity games every three days, what that does to these players. Um, and not having fans on on your back kind of yelling at you and, and giving you abuse and, 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 and in other cases pushing you to, to go get that equalizer or go get that winner. Um, all of that is contributing to this crazy season that we've seen um, so far. And I think, I mean, it gets better I think it gets better in November. It gets better in December. Now there's a lot of games coming, but I say that based on the fact that the last six to eight weeks are almost have been like a preseason for these guys. And so you'll, we'll start to see the better teams kind of move up the right. table and, and, and solidify their, their spots. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I, and the UK has gone back to, right. down into a lockdown. So I don't, I don't see how fans come back until next yeah, season. I just, I don't know how that's going to work, but it is entertaining to see the, the way the gate teams are opening up. I mean, talk a little bit about Arsenal and, and Aston Villa. I know Aston Villa were high flyers. I think they beat Liverpool 7-2 earlier in the season, but Arsenal just came off a victory against Man United, uh, looking solid, signed a good player in Thomas Partey, and they lose 3-0. Yeah, it's it's... It's the magic of the Premier League that we've been talking about. You know, Arsenal won last week at Manchester United. They won again at the Europa League at home. I think it was Molde. Um, and so you're thinking, all right, they're coming into this game back of two two good wins. You know, Aston Villa have been kind of rocky the last last week, two weeks. Um, and I mean, within the first two minutes, Aston Villa went one up, and then it was ruled out. Um, but that didn't stop them, and and they kept going and and put in a great performance and continue to win away from home. I think that's three con- consecutive wins away from home and, and they're back on track uh, in terms of, you know, winning. And it's just interesting. I don't know, you know, what else um, Arsenal could have done. I mean, they played their strongest 11. They played all their attacking players. They set up in a way to win the game and, just so I only have one question for you before we end this review of the week of Premier League games. Um, it's Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish did not get a call up to the English England squad. I read somewhere that uh, Gareth Southgate has told him he needs to change some things about his play. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Jack Grealish? Because before I let you speak, I think I'm seeing a different Jack Grealish this this year. And you saw bits and pieces from last year. It looks like a really strong player. Leads his team really well. Is there no room for him in the England squad? Uh, it's it's shocking to me how Southgate's handling this whole South, uh, Grealish uh, piece. Because if you if you think about it, out of the twenty teams in the Premier League, who, apart from maybe Harry Kane, who's the best English player? And in form, kind of providing assist goals. I want to say it's Jack Grealish. Um, so to kind of tell him that he needs to be doing more is just a little, <laughs> a little ridiculous. I would say, um, you know, as a, as an international team manager, you gotta gotta pick players that are in form that can do the job for you, um, and that's Jack Grealish right now. So 
yeah, it's 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 weird the way it's going. It's it's kind of um, unimaginable that a manager says to a player that's been performing week after week, you got to be yeah. doing more. It it was a, a big surprise because I think he's a, a good footballer. I think he brings something different to the England squad for sure. I know there were talks about Man United trying to pinch him up in the in the summer. So definitely, big teams are looking at him. So I was definitely surprised with that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm surprised Manchester United didn't get him yeah. over the summer. Um, and I think he's now signed a new contract with right. Aston Villa. So it's going to be pretty difficult to get him out. But if if they want him, like a Manchester United or, or City or Liverpool, yeah, I'm sure. sure they'll get him. Um, sure. But yeah, just, just to go back on Arsenal, um, you know, the first game of the season they won, all their fans were like, oh, you know, does Chelsea miss William? <laughs> um, just want to say we don't. Um, we found our new new right-sided player, our new number 22 in Hakim Ziyech. So you can keep William, enjoy him, enjoy his buddy, David Luiz, um, and their restaurant business and whatever else they've got going on. Um, All yeah, right. So we'll move on and talk a little bit about, I guess, before we move to our last segment, is our, our table so far shaping up with... Uh, Leicester at the top. No surprises this early in the season. They were really, really good. Um, I'll skip over Liverpool in third, Southampton in fourth, Chelsea in fifth. But I skipped over number two. Uh, it's our good old um, rivals, Tottenham. And um, Mr. Mourinho has a way of getting teams to play, right? I, I imagine Tottenham from last season, they were up and down, and here they are second in the league right now. Still early days, but... That's that's Jose Mourinho, second season. <laughs> um, they're away from home have been, you know, I think perfect, I want to say. Uh, and they win it in the 88th minute today. Harry Kane scores his 150th Premier League goal um, and joins the likes of Michael Owen, Jermaine Defoe, Thierry Henry, um, Robbie Fowler, uh, Mr. Frank Lampard, who's on that list. Um Alan Shearer, who has 260. So, um, yeah, I mean, Tottenham are, are getting the job done in these games. Uh, they'll occasionally have a dip like we saw um, against West Ham earlier this season against, I think it was, um, who was the game, team they lost to in the Yeah, I don't Europa remember, League. but I know Mourinho had made some um, comments about his yeah. first-team squad versus his second-team yeah, squad. Yeah. yeah, so... I mean, they're they're doing pretty... I think it was Antwerp. Yep, it was Antwerp. Um, And so they're doing pretty good. Uh, They just got to be a little more consistent in their results. But second in the table, Tottenham, I think it's a point behind... Leicester. Leicester City, yeah. So, I mean, Mourinho's got positive signs all over. He's been backed in the transfer window. You know, not only his first 11, but his bench itself is pretty strong. Um, and so you can see he's a free, he can afford to leave Deli Ali out and, and kind of just freeze him out, which is weird and, and a topic for a different day. But, um, you know, Leicester, Tottenham, Southampton in the top four, um, you know, they're, they're having great seasons. And we have Tottenham coming up 
um, second game after second Premier League game after this next international break. So for sure, it's going to be interesting to see how things go and and they play Manchester City before that. So yeah, and the table is pretty tight right up. now. So you've got you know Man City who's uh, in tenth, but if they win their game in hand, they're right back up into the top four or five, which is right behind Liverpool. So not, no surprise there. Um, you've got Arsenal in eleventh again, game in hand. You've got Man United in fourteenth. Um, this this game today is helping them, but it's early days again. I know, but should Man United be worried being fourteenth in the in the league at this time? I, I would be just based on their home form. Um, that's really where they've been let down. I mean, away from home, they've been doing well. Um, they still do have a game in hand, so they win that and they jump right. up to I think eighth or ninth. So they're not that far off, but yeah, that home form would 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 um concern them. And so let's see what they do when they get back uh, from from this international break. Um, you know, like I said, we go back into Premier League and playing in Europe as soon as we get back. So they're gonna have to manage that. Um but I I mean I think like I said, I think some of these bigger teams will move up once we get back and We'll start seeing. Uh, I mean, I'd like oh, to yeah. see Chelsea up there, you know, but and 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 like to see Southampton and and Leicester up there too. But I think we may see some of these other teams come back and and push some of the other guys out. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, just wanted to touch on that West Ham Fulham game. Um, it was kind of a snooze fest for the most part, but all the action happened in the last ten minutes. Um, and the the most um, the biggest part of this game was the penalty miss um, in the in the ninety eighth minute to kind of tie the game from Fulham. Um, and so I, you know, I I was watching this game. I'm like, all right, you know, Fulham get the draw and they and they get a point out of it. And then Lookman steps up and 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 tries a Paneka and and messes it up horribly. Um, and I'm I'm livid, and I'm not even a Fulham fan. Um, and it's just, you know, I just wanted to bring that up. Like, it's crazy to see. I mean, yeah. kudos to him for trying it in that moment. But it's crazy to see that you just don't put your foot through that ball and smash it to get that I was going to say, it's one of those cheeky. penalties when it works, it looks beautiful. When it doesn't work, you're like the worst human being on earth to try that, especially in the 98th minute. And I think... That that's where I'm, you know, confused. You're winning two, three nail. You try that penalty, you miss it. Who cares? The 98th minute in a team that's struggling, and you try that. Um, you've either got to be a very, very confident person that that's going to go in, or extremely crazy. So I was surprised to to see that. Yeah, it was. Like I said, kudos to him for trying it. Um, but if I'm his teammate or his manager, I'm for sure. not for sure. <laughs> too pleased right now. All right. So I think that covers most of the games. We can't do every single game here. Otherwise, you guys will listen to us talk for hours. Uh, we try and touch on some of the high-level games. Um, typically, we move on to our next segment, uh, which is our blast from the past. That can cover not just Chelsea players, but other players as well. But before we go there, for those of you who are interested, Rahul and I in a, in a fantasy Premier League Um competition and uh his team got slaughtered this week by my team so i think he's got some frustrations he wants to share 
I can use some of the words coming to my mind right now, but I'm, I'm done with fantasy Premier League. Um, it was, you know, you set up your team, you bring in players for the week, and you're like, all right, excited, excited to go. And then they pick up one point um, or no points. Or I play Mendy, who's been on a great clean sheet record, over Martinez, who's playing Arsenal away, and you're like, all right, Mendy's got the better chance of keeping a clean sheet. Nope. Martinez picks up more points, sits on the bench, and I lose this week by seven points, which I could have easily made up. So, yeah, I think I might call it a season on my fantasy Premier League team. It's early days. You still um, have an opportunity. But I <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's not going as well as I planned. Um, there you go. I might have to make some moves. So um, I- I'll talk about. But, yeah. <laughs> I'll talk about one thing that frustrates me in, in the fantasy Premier League. I had a player on on the field um, at your starting eleven, and they didn't play, which is okay, which means they're going to get zero points. And I had a player on the bench that did play and got minus one points. And fantasy Premier League has rules where they're going to auto substitute the player that does play over the player that doesn't play. So I'm here with a positive point, even though it's zero on that player starting, which was Michi Bashwai. And they brought on a player that had a minus one point. Luckily, I won the game, but that was just crazy. I, I just don't get it. But hey, it's looking good so far in the Fantasy Premier League for me. You want to I am uh, tied first place right in. now, just losing on goal difference. So again, we spoke about goal difference. It can be, it can be pretty important uh, in, a, in, a, in a season. <laughs> yeah, I am second place from the bottom. So there you go, Fulham two, versus two Chelsea sides right of the there. coin. <laughs> All right, so you want to move on to our next segment? So yes, you, you started off negatively with the FPL. So give me some positivity from your next uh, blast from the past. Yes. So my blast from the past takes us to the continent of Africa. Um, he did play. For Chelsea, but he also played for Newcastle United. So not just the Chelsea blast from the past, but my player is Jeremy. Um, Cameroon international, bought from Real Madrid to Chelsea in 2003 for $6.9 million, which back then was, was kind of big money. Um, right now, you wouldn't even get for his sure, left yeah. boot for that much or right boot for that much, but yeah. Um, made 72 appearances for Chelsea, um, four goals. And the most memorable goal was a long-range free kick against West Ham at home. Um, this was under Mourinho. And he was mainly used as a squad player, bench player, um, who played right midfield or right back, mostly under Mourinho. Um, and... He was, you know, part of back then. We had quite a few players from Africa, and so he was part of that that group, um, and pretty reliable. You know, I I think he um, always put in put in a performance, and that was kind of highlighted by Mourinho saying, um, in quotes, "In my team, I in my team, I love to have Jeremy on the bench because he's a low profile player who's ready to help, ready to fight for the team, ready to do do the job I want him to do." And that just kind of sums him up um, as a player, as 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 a as a personality. Um, he won two Premier Leagues with us in 04, 05, 
um, and then 0506, and eventually in 2007 was sold to Newcastle United. So um, yeah, that's great Mr. player. Um, definitely wasn't a starter or a, forgive my word, a star by any means, uh, but definitely one of those utility type players you want to have in, in a team that can play anywhere, anytime, called upon. Always fit, by the way, a very fit player. Whenever he was needed, he was always available. So uh, great to have him. Glad you picked somebody from Cameroon. It's it's nice to keep our African players coming. You picked Essien in one of our older segments in our introduction part. If you haven't heard that, go listen to that. And um, now you've picked uh, Jeremy, so it's great. Um, for some reason, I seem to stick on these players that barely play for Chelsea. I don't know why, but they... Uh, uh, seem to have some memories for me whenever I think about my blast from the past segment. For this week, I've picked Marco Marin, the German Messi, or so he was supposed to be. So Marco Marin was signed right before the summer of 2012. So Chelsea was having a bad uh, Premier League season. Uh, we were finishing, I think it was seventh, eighth in the table. I don't remember exactly where. It was a tough year. Um, he was signed for $7 million, um, from Werder Bremen. He was actually doing pretty well. There was a good deal for $7 million. Uh, I was personally excited because I thought we were going to finish low in the Premier League, so having a creative player come into the team and help for the next season would be great. Um, unfortunately, but fortunately for us, <laughs> unfortunately for Marco Marin, we won the Champions League about a month or so later, um, and that just brought a huge influx of money and adrenaline and excitement and... We signed players like Aiden Hazard that summer, and we signed players like Oscar that summer. Um, he started off okay. He did well in the preseason. Um, unfortunately, he was injury-prone, so he did have quite a few injuries that slowed him down. Uh, and then, of course, you've got Aiden Hazard and Oscar who were playing wonderful football that year that uh, he just didn't get much of a look in. He made a total of 16 appearances that season, and honestly, I don't remember most of them. I'm, I'm guessing most of them were a few minutes off the bench here and there. Um, some some in the cup games. Um, he scored one goal, professional goal in his time there, not counting preseason or whatnot. And then he went on the loan merry-go-round till the end of his contract. So I definitely feel bad for him. I thought he was a great player, but with injuries and competition, um, it was just tough. But that's my blast from the past. It's, that's, that's a great blast from the past because he barely, or didn't, I mean, 16 appearances, barely played for us. Um, and is also the quite opposite of right. Jeremy, right. who was always fit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was that, that was a good one. Um, so I think that, that kind of wraps up our, our um, set, uh, pod for the day. Um, and I hope you all enjoyed it, enjoyed some of the blasts from the past, enjoyed our, our talks about our games this week. Um, we'd love to interact and hear from you, um, and you can do that at um, on Twitter or on Instagram. Um, both both our handles are at the Premier Chills. Um, so reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Give us feedback. Um, any questions you may have? You know, in the future, we try. We want to do a Q and A segment. So um, yes. Send us your 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 thoughts, and and we'd love to interact with you. So, Jackie, um, that brings us to the end of this pod. Um, is there anything else on your mind? 
um, I'm sure we'll get together again later this week to talk about um, the international break, upcoming fixtures, um, and just overall things going on in the world of the Premier League. Yeah, the international and, and break Chelsea is a little and, bit of a, a bad time for us, but it's all right. We'll make it work. But definitely enjoy hearing feedback from everybody. Um, you know, hope you guys are enjoying this. Let us know if we can change anything. If you're wanting more content, less content, we can make it happen. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks, guys. Take care.